Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is January 29th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 19. Matthew says this, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. But Jesus says, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. One of the things I love about this story is that Jesus isn't a celebrity big shot who's only willing to spend time with people of influence or people with resource or people who are connected. No, he loves these children and they have nothing to offer him. And in the very same way, he loves you. And you don't have to have anything to offer God. I mean, after all, what can we offer God? The one who spoke everything into existence, right? But he delights in us, wants a relationship with us. And like these kids, he wants to bless us. He wants us to have childlike faith, a childlike innocence, a childlike delight in the person of Jesus. So man, let's come to him like children. And if we'll come to Jesus, if we'll draw near to him, enter into his presence every day, he wants to bless us. Verse 16, someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now this is so important because this guy thinks heaven, eternal life, a relationship with God is something he can earn or acquire. What he doesn't understand is Jesus didn't come to give us a pass into heaven. Jesus came to invite us into relationship, which really is what this story is all about. This is why Matthew records it. So many people in American Christianity, they come to church or they pray a prayer to Jesus so that they can go to heaven. In their mind, they've done the deed so that they can have a pass to heaven. That's not what Christianity is. Christianity is not a pass into heaven. Jesus didn't come so we could go to heaven one day. Jesus came so that we could have a relationship with him. Jesus came to invite us into relationship. Jesus says to all of us, come follow me. And as we follow Jesus, as we follow the good shepherd, he leads us into abundant life. So this guy's kind of religious. He wants to continue to live a, a life of independence, but he wants to go to heaven one day when he die. He basically wants some eternal life insurance, and Jesus isn't having it. Jesus wants his heart. And listen, Jesus wants your heart, not your performance. Not just to get you into heaven one day. He wants your heart. He wants a relationship. He wants to walk with you. So watch what happens. Jesus says, why are you asking me about what's good? There's only one who is good. Of course, that's God. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Now, why would Jesus say that? 
Can we obey the commandments and earn a spot in heaven? No. What Jesus is trying to do by saying keep the commandments is he's trying to help this guy see what you need is a savior. What you need is Jesus. So watch this. He says, you've got to keep the commandments. And he says, which one? So Jesus replied, you must not murder. Now, for most of us, we can check that box. Even though Jesus said, if we hate our brother, then we've committed murder in our heart. Then he says, you've got to not commit adultery. Now, again, still for most of us, uh, it's a little bit gray, but, you know, have, have we not committed adultery? Maybe we haven't cheated since we got married. So, okay, let's say we can check that box. Then he says, you must not steal. Now, come on. Have we ever taken something that didn't belong to us? Have we ever been dishonest in paying our taxes? Did we ever take something from somebody even when we were a kid? Or how about this one? Then he says, do not testify falsely. Do not tell a lie. Is there anyone listening who can claim I've never told a lie. Well, of course not. Then he says, honor your father and mother. Is there anyone who can claim? I've always, in every conversation, in every decision, all through high school, I honored my father and mother. Well, I doubt it. And then finally, he really raises the standard. He says, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Is there anyone listening who would claim that even today, and I've been a pastor now for 24 years. Can I honestly say I love my neighbor as much as I love myself? Man, that's tough, isn't it? Why does Jesus give this list? Again, he's trying to help this young man see his need for a savior. See, see, if we're not lost, we don't need to be found. If we don't recognize we're sick, we don't need a physician. This is why Jesus said, I didn't come to call those who think they are well. I came to call those who know they're sick. They know they need a Savior. Well, this guy doesn't know yet, and Jesus is trying to turn on the lights. But watch what he says. He says, I've obeyed all these commandments. What else must I do? In other words, I've already checked all those boxes. Now, that is not true. He's just broken the one about lying. But he maybe he actually believes it. It's hard to, it's hard to believe that he really believes that. But he doesn't see his need for Jesus. So Jesus is going to nail him down. There's no way you can get away with this one, he says. Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, get the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Well, the young man heard this. He went away sad because he had many possessions. Finally, Jesus nails him down. He cannot claim he's kept that command. Now, why does Jesus call him to make such a radical decision? Well, not because Jesus wants us all to sell everything we have and it's bad to own property. That's not the point. The point is Jesus wants to remove anything in my life or your life that keeps us from following him. He wants to remove anything that keeps us out of relationship. And he's not going to give us a pass to heaven and allow us to keep on living independently. Jesus is inviting us 
into relationship. So watch what he says next. Then Jesus said to the disciples, I tell you the truth, it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Well, the disciples are astonished by that. They say, well, who in the world can be saved? Well, Jesus looked at them intently and says, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. So Jesus said, you just need to understand when you're rich, when you have so much in your prosperity, it's very difficult to see your need for Jesus. This is a big problem in American culture today, right? People have so much. We are so rich, globally speaking, historically speaking. We have more than anybody else has ever had. And so that makes it more difficult for us to see our need for God, right? And until we see our need, we won't open our heart and trust in Jesus. So we got to see our need. In fact, this is one of the primary benefits of pain in our life and in our world is pain exposes our humanity, our vulnerability, and our need for God. The truth is pain is a gift. For most of us, if it wasn't for our pain, we would have never turned to Jesus, right? And so Jesus says with man, if it's up to man to keep all the rules, to jump through the hoops, to climb up to God, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So God sent Jesus to do for us what was impossible for us to do for ourselves. That's the good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus has come to bridge the gap between us and God. I love that. And then watch this. Then Peter said to them, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. I love that. Peter says, okay, well, we've given up everything. We've left it all behind. In fact, when Jesus said to Peter, come follow me, it says he immediately left his fishing nets, his business, his income, his security. He immediately left it and followed Jesus. So Peter says, well, what's in it for us? And Jesus just assures him and assures us because of the sacrifices you've made, because of what you've given up for the sake of the kingdom, you will be rewarded and you're going to be rewarded handsomely. And then he says, listen, look around. All around us, there are people in this world that they seem to be first. They have so much. They live for themselves. They are, you know, they just have, they're just, in fact, in America today, one of the things that the wealthy are doing is just piling it up, piling it up, piling it up, piling it up. And I think Jesus would say, you're first now, but in the kingdom, you'll be last. Why? Well, you never made a sacrifice for the kingdom. Well, no, you gave a little and you did a little, but we... 
You know, the Bible calls us to take up our cross and follow Jesus, to make a sacrifice for the kingdom. And one of the reasons the church all across America and really around the world has been so under-resourced is because those who have been given so much just keep piling it up rather than sowing it into the kingdom of God, sowing it into eternity. And so Jesus is encouraging Peter and saying, hey, you gave it up instead of piling it up. And you're going to be rewarded. And you might be last now. You might be struggling now. You might be sacrificing now. But you will be rewarded handsomely in eternity. Boy, what an encouraging message for all of us. Let's live with eternity in mind. Let's invest the best of ourselves and what we have to build the kingdom of God. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this message. So encouraging, so challenging. And God, I pray that we would all live in the eternal perspective, that we'd give the best of ourselves to building the kingdom and that we would work with you, partner with you to remove anything from our life that keeps us from following you. Jesus, we want to follow you. We trust you are a good shepherd and want to lead us into abundant life. So God, we just hold everything with open hands and we open our heart. We turn our face to you again. God, we don't want to just go to heaven one day. We want to walk with you here and now help us to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me, man. I hope that encourages you. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.